All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. A comment that I regularly hear is that investing is just like gambling. And I guess in a way, I can see how they're similar in that you essentially take a risk to gain a reward at the end, but they are very, very different in many ways. For example, gambling is a very short-lived activity. So it's something that you essentially, you do once and you normally see what that outcome is going to be. It's also not very calculated. It can be, but a lot of it relies on chance. Whereas when it comes to investing, there's a bit more calculation around the idea and investing is normally more of a long-term strategy. Also, on average, when it comes to gambling, there is a negative expected return. You know, we've all heard the saying that the house always wins. Whereas when it comes to investing, if it's done properly, of course, on average, there's normally some sort of return. Today, I want to talk about the different factors that you need to take into account when looking at how much risk you need to take, because risk is part of life. Um, We've all heard of the saying, that the higher the risk, the higher the return, and the lower the risk, the lower the return. And that applies to everything in life, I feel. As an example, if you wanted to take a holiday, taking a risk, spending the money, and going on an overseas holiday is most likely going to be a lot more exciting and give you more of a reward than spending no money and having a holiday in your own backyard. Now, it's easier to say, yes, I'll just take on more risk, but when it comes to your own money, And when I have discussions with my clients about these things, it's not as easy as it sounds, especially when there's a fair bit of money on the line or a fair bit of, you know, there's an outcome on the line when we're talking your retirement or when we're talking your children's education. Now, the most important thing that you, one of the most important things you should do first is to work out your risk profile, to work out what type of an investor you are and to work out, we, as an advisor, we use a series of questions, but just to essentially work out whether you are a high risk investor, low risk, medium risk, etc. And there's different ways to work out what that profile is. Now, the first one is to understand your risk tolerance. Now, what that is, a risk tolerance is essentially how much risk you can personally tolerate. So sometimes this involves having a trade-off discussion, whether it's with your advisor or with yourself, but just to work out, you know, you know, from a financial perspective, My capacity allows me to take on X amount of risk. You know, I can tolerate this much risk because if markets were to drop this much potentially, then I can handle that. The other part about it as well is when you understand your risk tolerance and your risk profile, it helps you understand what type of investments you should be looking at. Because when when we talk risk profiles, there are many different names for these, but just as an example, moderate, conservative, balanced, growth, high growth, aggressive, like these are all different terms. And essentially, they all mean different things as well to different, you know, depending on which, if you're looking at a super product, for example, or you're talking to different advisors, they will sometimes use different terms. But but essentially, each profile 
will help you understand how much risk you're exposing yourself to. And a very, very important point and something to to really consider when you're looking at investments is your time horizon. How long are you investing for? And these things are all going to also affect your risk tolerance. So as an example, if you're investing money that you need most likely in about three, six or 12 months, then you're most likely not going to go towards a very high risk investment because markets fluctuate, markets go through cycles. And the last thing you want is three or six months to come, you need the money, but the market's down depending on what you've invested in. Whereas if it's a long-term investment, you can sail through any ups and downs in that period of time and be and have a bit more confidence knowing that markets will be in a position where you'll feel comfortable drawing down your investments. Now, on that note, there is no crystal ball. And of course, all you can do is set a strategy. And this is, again, as an advisor, this is something that we do with our clients. But to set a strategy, to set a plan, to make sure it's appropriate, and then to stick to the plan. But knowing your time horizon makes such a difference because, again, if it's short-term, your investments are most likely going to be very, very different to something if it's long-term. Unless you're willing, your risk profile, or essentially your risk tolerance is very, very high, and you're willing to invest in something very risky for just a couple of months. Once you understand all this, and once you know your time frame, once you have an idea as to how much risk you want to expose yourself to, that's when it comes down to setting up an invest, you know, selecting or understanding your investment strategy. And again, having an advisor helps with these things. But when I say investment strategy, I mean understanding what type of profile you're going to have, or whether it's a mix of a few different profiles, whether you're going to be looking at passive investing or active investing, um, a dynamic asset allocation, a strategic asset allocation. There's all these different terms and all these different types of strategies, we'll say, essentially, which are going to really, uh, they're either going to sit with you very well, or they're not going to sit with you well. And you're either going to be comfortable with it, or you're not going to be comfortable with it. The hard thing about investments, or any investing, is that, and we hear this all the time, but past performance is not an indicator of future performance. So just because a particular investment has done really, really well in the past, it doesn't mean that it's going to do really, really well in the future. Um, yes, it might give you some confidence that, you know, and some peace of mind, knowing that, you know, you are going to be to be making money, but it's never a guarantee. And this is probably, this is literally the million dollar question. Um, and this is why having these things in place does make a really big difference because it just means that you've got ways of managing your risk. So as I said earlier, risk is a part of life. And once you understand what type of risks you're willing to take and what the risks are to an investment, then it makes the decision a lot easier. There are different types of risk. I'm going to go through a couple of them now, but this is again where it helps to do your own research into the different types of risks. Having an advisor, having the support does help in these situations. But the most obvious risk is market risk. And this is the risk of markets declining. The other one is inflation risk. Rising prices limit your ability to purchase goods and services with your money. You know, what you got at a restaurant 50, you know, 10 years ago for $50 is very different to what you'll get at a restaurant today. Interest rate risk. So interest rates going up or down can affect fluctuations. 
in the price of certain investments, particularly bonds. Reinvestment rate risk, reinvesting funds at a lower rate of return than your original investment. Liquidity risk, so how quickly investments can be converted to cash as well, because as an example, a property is takes a bit of time to, to turn into cash essentially, because to sell a house or to get money out of a house, you have to normally do up the place, find a real estate agent, put it on the market, get someone to buy it, to, you know, to agree to buy it. They do a contract, you do a contract, you, you, you sign, you both, sorry, you both sign the contract, the house settles, and then you get your money. Compared to having money in the bank, where if you need it, you just take it out, normally straight away. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. There's political risk. So issues around legislation that can happen in not just in the country that you're in, in Australia, but also overseas, if you're investing into companies overseas. And currency risk, you know, fluctuating rates of the, the exchange between the US and foreign currency can sometimes negatively affect the value of foreign investments, um, you know, especially when they're measured in US dollars. So, and if you're investing into an overseas company and the, the dollars fluctuate, uh, there is a level of risk there as well. So all these different types of risks are real. Um, they all exist. And it's important to understand these and to un- understand the extent of risk that you're choosing to take. So I'm just going to give you two different horror scenarios. And when I say horror, I like to use that word, but essentially bad scenarios when it comes to investing. And they're very different. So the first one is, and I've seen this many times before, where somebody decides to invest into something, they don't really understand the risk, they don't really understand, they haven't thought through how soon they're going to need the money, they put X amount in, and six months later, they need the money, but the market's down, and they're literally selling at a loss. And so many times I've seen investments that literally go bust, and most people would have told that person that it was a terrible idea to begin with, but that person just essentially just was just became obsessed with that particular type of investment. The other scenario, which is the complete opposite, is when somebody decides to be too safe. So for example, they, and I see this many times, but their superannuation, for example, they would have it into something like just cash, or they would have it in something very, very low risk. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I see scenarios where people look back 10 years later, 20 years later, and they see that their investments or their super, for example, hasn't really performed as well as their friends and their colleagues. And, and, and you know, and, and then they get upset and they've, 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 they, they would then come to me, of course, and say, look, why isn't my super performing? And I'll find out because 20 years ago, they decided to go into something extra conservative, not understanding how conservative it was. And they've missed out, you know, there's this opportunity cost that I've talked about before that this person has missed out on. Now, obviously, every situation is different. Every person's financial circumstance is different as well, because for some people being in something ultra conservative might be what they need. For some people being in something really risky might be what they need. And this is why it's important to think about these factors that I went through earlier, so that you can understand how much risk you're taking on and so that you understand it and you are comfortable with it. Because there are risks on both sides. A person can literally decide to leave, if, if 20 years ago, 
somebody decided to leave all of their super and all their investments and everything they have in cash, they would be in a worse off position today to somebody that decided to invest their money into the ASX 200, for example. And again, that's a very general statement because many people have lost money over the years. But my point is that there is a big, big opportunity cost that needs to be understood when it comes to taking on risk that is too low. The good thing is that most people, when I talk to them, they do understand that risk is part of life and that risk is required. But as I said, it is very important to understand the risks of, well, not risks, sorry, I've talked about risk a lot, but the, the, the potential of losing money if you go into something that's too risky. Something that I talk to my clients about regularly is to also be comfortable with the amount of risk that they're taking on so that they have no regrets later on. For example, if somebody decides to be ultra risky in their investments, I always make I always make it very clear to that person that I don't want them to look back in 10 years, in 20 years, let's say markets go down and they regret what they've done. And at the same time, you don't want somebody to go and invest their money into something too conservative and then look back 20 years later and regret what they've done and wish they were in something more risky. Now, no one has a crystal ball, but my point is by going through the flow and going through the process of understanding risks and making an educated decision, you can then own the outcome. You can then be comfortable with the outcome. If you make money, if you lose money, you can at least still look back and think, you know what, that was my decision. I understood the risks and I accept the outcome. That will help you sleep better at night and that will hopefully reduce any negative emotions that you have towards investing. Because just like anything in life, the more you understand it, the more you'll enjoy it. And the last thing you want is for something like investing to create stress, to you know affect your sleep at night, to, to always be on your mind. You need to think about your investments regularly, of course, but you need to do it in a smart way. You need to make sure that you are comfortable with what you're doing so that you can continue to focus on other things in life and not just become obsessed with that one particular thing. So again, the message from today is to talk to your advisor, to do your research into investments when understanding the level of risk that you're exposing yourself to, and not to pigeonhole yourself into a particular box, as in, yes, I'm a high-risk investor, everything I want is high-risk, or I'm very conservative, I don't want to invest into anything that's risky in any way, shape, or form. Having an open mind and understanding the different different types of investments and understanding the different profiles will help you to make better decisions so that you can invest better, invest smarter, and look back and hopefully have no regrets. Thanks for joining us on Sharing More Than The Sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases and feel free to share this episode with any friends or family that you think it might benefit. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.